Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. robes in different area codes and I'm, I'm kind of wondering if we should ask Ludacris if I could remix the song because it seems like um, it seems like it could be a thing anyway I got a laser um, facial last night skin laundry and um, today is my recovery day even though I'm going scuba diving and another fun new thing is that we're trying a new um, like Arabic brand of sparkling water so We'll see how this goes. It kind of feels like um, like the Trader Joe's brand, except it doesn't com- come completely undone when you when you open it. Now, with that being said, oh look how gorgeous the marina is! I love it so much. Uh, me and my mermaid here today. I posted two articles recently about you know more reasons why. A certain faction of the population just doesn't seem to care about sex crimes against children. So let's talk about those, shall we? Um, and they both seem to be pretty poignant, I think. I think, I think, I think. If I can get my hair out of my earbuds, that would be spectacular. Any hoozles. That's better. The, um... He's having such a hard time. Like, my hair always gets stuck in behind the earbud. And I feel like it, like, rattles around in there. Which you can't, people. You, you find me can't hear it. But I can hear it. And I'm always worried this earbud situation is going to fall out. And it's going to ruin my mic. So, it's like a never-ending battle. Anyway. Two different articles that I posted that we're going to go over right now. I have a feeling that we should start with um, the repealing of some like reg- sex offender registry laws in Michigan that came down from a federal level. Um, they personally concern me uh, for a few reasons. But anyway, so this is from DetroitNews.com. It says Whitmer signs bill with long-awaited changes to sex offender law from the Detroit News. There it is. Uh, Governor Whitmer, the troll beneath the bridge, um, has just been, you know, such a busy, busy lady with her never-ending writing of edicts. But basically, um, there's kind of, there's like three things that um, are going to change around sex offender laws in Michigan. And supposedly they come from the federal level. 
the first two have to do with um, the registration requirements for sex offenders. So if they were ever in prison or they get out of prison, there's a sex offender registry. When you're a convicted sex offender, and then you have to tell um, before this happened, you would have to immediately go to the police in person and say, this is where I'm living, this is my contact information, and if you didn't do this, then it was breaking the law. Well, they've decided that because this, they, they claim that it's unenforceable, that they're going to do away with the immediate in-person sex offender registry, and that it's, going to, it's supposedly going to be replaced with some sort of online system that is easier for law enforcement locally. However, law enforcement, local law enforcement hasn't exactly commented on if that's going to be easier or not. However, after all of the riots and mayhem and destruction and fires over the summer, and if you try to go to a police station since then, you will know that it's not exactly the easiest thing to get in a police station these days. Um, I was filing a report about somebody and it took me like two appointments to get in to talk to them. And they had to like open like the gate that covered the front door for me. So I have a feeling a lot of this has to do with the fact that it's physically hard to get into police stations right now by design. So, okay, fine. If local law enforcement wants a different, different way of doing things, they want an online system. Okay, fine. The one that concerns me which is kind of the main point of this situation, is that they're going to repeal um, the law that says sex offenders can't live within a thousand feet of, of schools. So they say that this isn't um, enforceable. Not sure how that works. But basically, there's been, um, there's been a couple documentaries made about certain uh, kind of like trailer RV parks that are like little islands basically for uh, people that were convicted of crimes and then come out of jail that they end up living in and they're like they're kind of like an island because if they leave that island then they're they're then crossing into like a school zone uh, like a predator free school zone so they're not they're not really allowed to live anywhere else but then they're also within a school zone so supposedly according to the article and the lawmakers that have decided to change these laws, that it's unenforceable and it's not really um, fair to the people who are convicted sex offenders that they have to stay um, more than a thousand feet from school. Now, I think we can all agree that like if you get like a ticket for like peeing on the side of a 7-Eleven or something um, and you get required to be like a registered sex offender that maybe school zones shouldn't apply to you um but if you've committed a sex crime against a child um which many 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 people have and you're convicted of it and then you go to jail and you come out of jail it just doesn't seem like you should be allowed to live within a thousand feet of a school i mean i think that's um i think that's a pretty fair law whether it's enforceable or not and I don't see how it would be unenforceable because you know we've gotten so good these days about um, knocking on doors and dragging people out of their houses that it just should be 
I feel, I feel like it's well practiced at this point. It shouldn't be that hard. So that's the really concerning thing. I mean, clearly the state of Michigan isn't uh, super concerned about the kids in these schools um, being in a place where they would be accessible by predators, but who knows? We'll see how this works out. So if you're in a school zone, maybe take advantage of, um, of like Megan's Law or there's, depending on the state, like Nevada, for example, follows Megan's Law and you can see registered sex offenders and if they're living um, in proximity to your, to your house or proximity to a school. Oh my goodness. Staying on this side of the marina has has proven to be a bit loud, but the call to prayer hasn't happened yet, so that's not um, that's definitely the loudest thing down here. But it's fine. It kind of sounds like an auction a little bit, kind of. So I'm not convinced that um, these things are unenforceable because they seem to have such an easy time enforcing so many things. It would be it's only, you know, like a thousand feet of a school. It's like a pretty small bubble. So if you can't police a thousand feet from a school, what can you police? But what do I know? Now, on to the more infuriating story. So as we know, we're living in the height of cancel culture. We all know this. And I don't, I don't necessarily mind, um, I don't mind cancellations when that person has just done something that you can't necessarily, um, like you can't trust anymore. And I've always thought of that as like in a working with sort of way. Like, for example, like um, the sex offenders that get hired and rehired by like Disney and Nickelodeon. Um, they're not canceled. So I guess it's a bad example. Um, but it's one thing when we're living under this cancel culture and like somebody did something unforgivable or they have done something um, that would exclude them for further participating in that activity or field occupation, etc. Um, I did an episode a while back uh, with a lady who wrote a book on um, sexual predators and like the members of like church members like the clergy sort of way um and her and i had this long discussion about how the church would just keep letting these people back into positions of power particularly positions of power um where minors were involved and how that was wrong and like yeah you can forgive people or whatever but that doesn't mean you just keep letting them have uh access to the same people that they were abusing um However, that doesn't mean that they just end up being banished, which is really interesting considering that the reason why some of these sex crime laws got um, changed or repealed is that constitutionally there was an argument made that said that they um, were akin to like banishment laws. And in the United States, it's unconstitutional because that's um, considered cruel and unusual punishment. So... Either we're into cancellation and banishment, or we're not. Like we kind of have to pick a pick a side of the pick a side of the game. Um, 
So this other article came out on the New York Post um, from yesterday, and it says Twitter refused to remove child porn because it didn't violate policies lawsuit. Surprise, surprise. Oh, Jack, let's um, let's um, child porn accounts keep going while other people are getting canceled. Color me shocked. Anyway, so this is a, um, an article about um, this kid and his family filed a lawsuit. Now, let's preface this by saying that this child involved in this lawsuit had a family, had has a family that actually cares about this situation. Most of the time, child trafficking victims come from people or come or people that don't have a support system. That's why there's so much child abuse and child trafficking within the foster care system is because um, they're ripe for the picking because they know that nobody's ever going to help them. Or listen or care. So the one unique thing about this situation and why it did make it to lawsuit and why it, you know, the story made it to print is because he actually has a family that cares and not everybody has that. So let's, um, I'm not going to read you the whole article. We'll just talk about basically the sequence of events. So this kid was 13 at the time and via a um, catfish situation, um, there was a child trafficker posing as a 16 year old girl and they started exchanging nudes, sexting, all of that thing that people do nowadays, including kids. And unbeknownst to him, that wasn't in fact a 16 year old girl, it was a fully grown adult who was into, um, uh, into child porn. So that's not uncommon. There's over 500 million downloads of child porn per day. So, okay, fine. The new truth is she's not 16 and Probably not even a she, it's probably just some sweaty grando who's into child porn. So the catfishing scam says, okay, well, if you don't provide me with more graphic sensual content, if you don't provide me with more nudes, and if you don't involve another minor and make them make graphic sexual content and send me their nudes, then I'm going to send the nudes that you've already sent me to your parents, your coaches, and your pastor. See how that member of clergy comes in again? Weird, right? To which that kid is like, okay, um, I guess I have to do this, does that, and then blocks that person anywhere and everywhere. Well, these images, videos, etc., end up on Twitter. And they get thousands and thousands of views, and they, this kid and his mom file a lawsuit, um, but not before, they go to Twitter and say, hey, take these down. I was a minor when this happened. This is not consensual. Um, on top of being blackmailed, like I was a minor, like this is child porn, this is legal, you can't have this up. And they sent a statement back saying that it does not violate, um, it does not violate their terms of service, which is just crazy. So after 167,000 views and over 2,200 uh, retweets, the tweet says, thanks for reaching out, we reviewed the content and didn't find a violation of our policies. So no action will be taken in this time. The response reads according to the lawsuit. If you believe there's a potential copyright infringement, copyright protected by Twitter, child porn doesn't go against their, go, doesn't go against their standards. <sighs> Shocking, right? 
If the content is hosted on a third-party website, you'll need to contact that website support team to report it. Your safety is the most important thing, and if you believe you are in danger, we encourage you to contact your local authorities. In response, um, they sent over their police reports from their local authorities. And then, um, after the lawsuit happened, and obviously they were found in the wrong to be distributing child porn because that is illegal. Um, not that anybody cares that it's illegal, but it is in fact illegal. Um, then Twitter backtracked and said, um, our dedicated teams work to stay ahead of bad faith actors and to ensure that we're doing everything we can to remove content, facilitate investigations, and protect minors from harm both on and offline. But they only arrived at this conclusion after they were in a big giant lawsuit um, that was perpetuated by these um, parents of the people that ended up in a child porn, sex trafficking, blackmail, sort of a situation that Twitter was um, an accessory to. So that is enough news today on how um, a certain faction of our population just doesn't seem to be bothered by sex crimes against kids. Or anyone, but especially children. So I will see you all next week um, with another episode of No Filter Friday and possibly another flavor of sparkling water, we'll see. Check out other shows on Public House Media, like Choose to Rise, and definitely visit Dubai because it is amazing. And I will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.